What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. EdwardJones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. One of the most dramatic stories in technology in years, and it's still unfolding. Sam Altman pushed out as CEO of OpenAI, putting the seismic shift into perspective for Microsoft, for AI, for all of corporate America. It's Monday, November 20th. Welcome to the Tech Shark Podcast. I'm Deirdre Boza, Mark Gilbert. Wow. Just one word. Wow. What a weekend of news. By now, if you're listening to this, you know it. Sam Altman pushed out by the board of OpenAI. Then the blowback began. The interim CEO replaced by a new interim CEO. Weekend negotiations to bring Altman back. Microsoft, other investors pushing the board to act. And then this morning, D, Altman and his co-founder, Greg Brotman, are hired by Microsoft to launch a new advanced AI startup. It's been it's been a whirlwind. As you were going through all of the ins and outs, and you, that was a great sort of summary of it, I just can't stop shaking my head because it was one sort of incredulous thing after another. And if you cover tech, you know that you were online all weekend just kind of gaping at what was going on, what was happening next. And it's it's an understatement to say that this has sent shockwaves across the VC and startup community. But Gilbert, let's take a step back for a second. Just this past year alone of tech news, you've got the rise of chat GBT and the AI arms race. Silicon Valley Bank, that was only a few months ago. It was this year. There was the fall of SBF and FTX, the other Sam, Sam Bankman-Fried and crypto. Sam Altman now, and let's not forget Elon Musk buying X and it going through this now existential crisis of, you know, advertisers pulling money. It's really hard to think of a more consequential year in technology, Mark. Yeah. And now everyone's sort of scrambling to figure out the impact on this generative AI shift, which as you, which as you brought up was only brought up, you know, within this calendar year. Yeah. And it's had so many ramifications for the VC community, the startup community, but our bread and butter, CNBC. This is sort of what's been underpinning the tech rally for the biggest stocks in the world this year. Um, and now, you know, there's already rising anxiety about mega caps versus startups. And do startups have a place in generative AI, given how expensive it is to develop? So with Altman and Greg Brockman now at Microsoft, What's next? It's going to take them time to build a team. If that, in fact, does happen, Mark, because as we said at the top, this is still developing. And I think there's been some fresh reporting that Altman and Brockman at Microsoft is not a completely done deal. Um, but if they are, what happens to Google and another generative AI darling, Anthropic? Do they get a leg up in the arms race? And I got to say, Mark, I was I was laughing a little bit. I just got an email from Google calling it Novarver a play using Bard on November. They're using this opportunity to pitch Bard, essentially. Wow, that, yeah, that doesn't um, really roll off the tongue. Novbardmer. Hold on, hold on. Novembard. That sounds a lot better. Oh, November. that sounds a lot better. Novembard. I mean, <laughs> not they say Novembard. It's been yeah. full swing. Yeah, you're right. Not, not a lot better, but it's funny. It's just this kind of generic email saying, hey, did you know that our 
generative AI chatbot right, can do right. all of these things. <laughs> I think the the two things that you just brought up, uh, one, the move by Microsoft, and I saw Bill Gurley, uh tweet this morning where he talked about who would have imagined that 10 years ago, uh, you know, these, these very innov- innovative, powerful founders would get ousted from their company and then they'd immediately go inside at Microsoft. The way Microsoft has turned itself around as a company that can do acquisitions and Satya Nadella has turned himself into, um, you know, like really a leader and Microsoft as a, as a preeminent company is number one. And then number two, I, you know, sort of big picture takeaways, right? There's, you know, we don't exactly know how this is all going to turn out for open AI, but big, big picture takeaways, um, is, you know, this company, and you and I talked about this, built a really arcane structure, this nonprofit on top of a for-profit. Uh, it was this, you know, supposedly independent board. They didn't own any shares. They're technologists, they're researchers, instead of the normal business, you know, former CEO board types. And it completely backfired, right? This weird corporate, unusual corporate governance structure that was designed to make sure that the company was safe ends up being the thing that makes them unsafe, that, that you know, just potentially sort of destroys all of the value of the company. And I think that is going to be a huge lesson for corporate America. Which makes me wonder, yeah, is this a lesson in capitalism that nonprofits don't work and you should let the free market do its job? But then, you know, something that I hear from folks I talk to in Silicon Valley is that this is such a novel new technology that is so scary in a way, because if you just let it grow unbridled and you don't put regulations around it, it could have some very negative unintended consequences. So I don't know, is it arcane? Is it necessary? I think those are sort of the questions that Silicon Valley and all the people involved with this, including Microsoft and whoever's left at ChatGPT are going to be wondering. It's again, the crux is this idea of commercialization versus caution. And OpenAI was founded as a nonprofit for the very reason that they didn't want a big tech company driven by profits, aka like a Microsoft, to recklessly rush to develop generative AI first. I'm not saying that Microsoft will do that. I think that Satya Nadella has talked about responsible development, but (laughs) Microsoft is a for-profit company. That is for sure. It is one of the most valuable companies in the world. And Adela has done, as you alluded to, just an incredible job of turning it around and making it an innovative company that that a lot of the folks at OpenAI would want to work at. I mean, to me, that's still kind of just mind-blowing that they would go to a big corporate tech giant. Yeah, exactly. And we'll sort of see how that how that plays out. And then you uh, interviewed two great guests today, two venture capitalists, and we're going to play some of that sound uh, for for listeners. You want to sort of tee that up? Yeah. So I think it's important that, you know, there's, hate to say, it's a little bit of herd mentality in Silicon Valley, right? And we saw a lot of folks rush to Sam Altman's defense at the start of this weekend. And, you know, one some of the conversation we had is, we still don't know what happened, right? We don't know what went wrong in that the OpenAI board who has a fiduciary duty according to their charter to humanity, not shareholders, what happened in the first place. So, you know, we talked to a few people on this, Sam Lesson um, of Slow Ventures. He's he's great. He's been really um, candid about saying he thinks that this was a brilliant move by Satya Nadella and Microsoft and that they're the winners. But <laughs> I asked him, Mark, I said, are you ready to say that? Is it too early? And he said, I could be wrong, dead wrong six months from now, but he was prepared to say that. Then on the other side, we had Hamat Taneja, the CEO of General Catalyst, who was really on the side of expressing caution. 
And even before all of this happened, he was out last week with an AI, responsible AI protocol with certain commitments that, that caused some stir in Silicon Valley. So he had a chance to sort of just reiterate why we need to at least be thinking about some of these things. So have a listen to these two interviews. Um, I thought it was great at representing the different sides of this complicated story. And Mark, I have no doubt we'll still be talking about this tomorrow. So who knows what will have happened by tomorrow? Any guesses? I have absolutely no guesses. Although I feel like we need another interim CEO. Yeah, one more CEO or two, the over-under on that. So anyways, we'll be back tomorrow. Have a listen to this and see you then. Sam, you've been following all the ins and outs of this. Uh, it is still unfolding, but give us the state of play right now and who you think who comes out as a winner and who comes out as a loser from the saga. I mean, the answer is what a wild weekend. I mean, Satya, I think, and Microsoft clearly come out as winners, uh, brilliantly played by them in terms of where this is landing. Could have been really bad for them uh, in a lot of scenarios. And I actually think they've landed this beautifully in a way that actually makes them the place for generative AI for the, you know, for the next period, which is really, I mean, well played on their part. Sam Altman, you know, I think is left with a ton of option value in terms of what where things go from here. You know, is going to have access to talent and hardware, importantly, for whatever he wants to do next in generative AI. And then OpenAI, big question mark in terms of where that organization goes. I mean, there's huge internal uh, strife, clearly. I mean, clearly people will go with Sam. Clearly some people won't. Um, but all in all, as you said, this is one of the most wild, you know, if you like <laughs> intrigue, this was the weekend. Yeah, a lot, a lot of intrigue, again, still playing out. But Sam, is it too early to call Satya Nadella and Microsoft and even Sam Altman the winners here? Do we know exactly what led to his ouster in the first place? Is there a desire among Silicon Valley to figure that out before singing Sam Altman's praises and saying that Microsoft played this brilliantly? Look, at the end of the day, people don't know. And from a tabloid perspective, I mean, nothing could be tastier than figuring out what actually happened. And I think this will be a lot of fun for a lot of people from a purely tabloid standpoint for a long time to come. I mean, ultimately, the reality is, is, you know, we do need to see a report from someone about how this all transpired and what, what, what happened. I think there's some confidence or trust, at least in Satya, that, you know, he wouldn't have put this deal together if anything truly, you know, bad, um, you know, was, well, was happening. But he didn't even Sam. know. He didn't have a board seat, right? This reportedly came yeah, as I mean, a shock to him as everyone, I, as anyone else. Look, I, I think that's true, and there's no question that Microsoft and he were shocked by how this all played out um, over the last many hours. You know, this is this is what happens when you have a traducan organization of a for-profit wrapped, wrapped in a non-profit. Let's not do that again. Um, but but I think the reality is is that I at least have enough trust in Satya to have put up guardrails on the true extremes, uh, you know, of, of kind of what went down and how this played out. And I, I have enough trust in Sam and kind of what's going forward to say, you know, we, we can debate about how far we are from AGI and the mission of open AI versus practicality or things what, like that. You know, what we'll, gives I, you I, that? I, we'll go from there. I just there. wonder what gives you that trust? What in Sam Altman's track record through Y Combinator, through other startups, what gives you that sort of trust when you don't know the details yet? Well, again, I think the details. It's not, you know, I, we, we could look back on this and I could look very silly uh, in a bit. But here would be my, kind of my first things. First, I think, you know, a friend of mine once said, we're about as close to AGI as a slide rule. And that's kind of my take on a lot of this stuff, which is people have a lot of theoretical concerns about AGI. But practically speaking, if this comes down to a safety question, I'm not super worried about, um, you know, safety as, as, from a personal perspective anytime soon. And so, you know, to the extent that it has anything to do with the speed of AI development being too fast for the safety goals of the open AI board, 
you know, I personally am comfortable with that um, and I'm comfortable with it, a, a narrative which is Sam was pushing too hard and too fast versus the nonprofits, you know, ultimate theoretical goals. Um, you know, if something else comes out, you know, uh, the new the new CEO uh, of OpenAI, the second of the weekend, Emmett, who's a good guy, I, I know him uh, from earlier tech days, has said that his first order of business is going to be to kind of do an investigation and put out a report of what actually happened. So I'm sure that will be hotly watched. Um, look, I could be wrong, but again, I do trust Satya uh, as a leader, and I, I trust that uh, while this was a crazy period, uh, we're all going to look back and think Microsoft played it brilliantly, is my personal belief. Hey, Sam, when it comes to Meta, Amazon, Google, you point out there's going to be some talent churn, and they're likely to be aggressive in hiring. There's also this note from Wells today that they expect them to be aggressive in making the case to customers that at the very least, uh, secondary providers should be considered when you're building out something this mission critical. Is that true? Well, I think a few things are going on. One is, you know, I think all along my position has been that the biggest companies in the world will win this, right? This is not a game for startups. Uh, I think Sam Altman recognizing that it's hard to build a startup from zero in this space might be part of the calculus. Who has the machines, et cetera. So there's only a few players that have those. It is Meta. Yeah, it is uh, obviously Google, it is Microsoft um, that have kind of the position to do anything here. Amazon, maybe to some extent, and the supplier relationships. Again, this is hardware first, talent second. Talent is also extremely important in this game. So in terms of having you know um, redundancy or options between different providers, absolutely. And I think if you look at, think about AI as really cloud 2.0, what yeah. you'll see is that actually a lot of uh, companies, a lot of the smartest companies have figured out multi-cloud strategies for exactly this reason, which is should you be totally relying on anyone, you're in a tough place. Um, I think that is the way to think about AI. And I do think that going forward, what you'll see is that the smartest companies say, look, we need multiple options and multiple providers because this is happening too quickly. Um, and candidly, even if it weren't, the idea that your entire AI uh, pipeline would be locked into one provider is a very weak negotiating standpoint. Um, so I do think that is exactly what the future will look like. This is really yeah. just cloud 2.0. I thought it was interesting, Sam, on that note, how Satya Nadella's tweet this morning, it ended by saying we have all the resources ready to pour into Sam and Greg, um, kind of in that sense. Compute power is so important here and also so expensive. What does this do yeah. to the generative AI startup landscape, right? There was already this rising anxiety that mega cap tech was going to win this arms race. Is that even more the case now? Is that what this whole episode tells us? Look, this has been my point for the last year, and I put out plenty of notes on this, which is this is not a game for startups. Um, I think very small businesses, just like with cloud, will do well because they'll get leverage from it. And you know, this is such an expensive game with so few providers who can actually have access to the hardware. This is absolutely going to make the rich richer. So to me, it's always been obvious, right, that these kind of like high-flying, you know, unicorn-esque startups trying to do generative AI were in a really tough space. You know, to, from my perspective, I'd say Sam Altman voting to go to Microsoft, what is this, six hours into that decision, is kind of a reaffirmation that that is the right way to think about it. That, you know, even if he wanted to go do a startup from zero on his own, purely the hardware access, forget the money, yeah. he has all the money access in the world he wants, wouldn't have made it possible. Right. And maybe an important question for regulators in the future. Sam Lesson, always great to get your insights. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Now, one of the biggest questions to come out of this, the debate between developing AI responsibly versus commercializing it. Joining us now on this angle is Himant Taneja, CEO and Managing Director at General Catalyst. Himant, good morning, and thank you for joining us. Now, yeah, at the morning. crux of this, right, is caution versus commercialization. And I don't know if you're listening to Sam Lesson. He just described OpenAI as a turducken of an organization. Can you explain to our audience 
why it was developed as a nonprofit in the first place and why so many people in this industry were were talking about how this needs to be developed responsibly. Yeah, so look, AI is one of those technologies where, you know, if you poll most people, the more they learn, the more they get scared about it uh, because of this whole idea of artificial general intelligence and when machines are superior to us in every way, the, the risks that come with that. So I think the spirit of OpenAI being set up as a nonprofit from the beginning was to make sure there are safety mechanisms. And, you know, Sam was a big proponent of making sure responsible AI was being adopted uh, in the way it was being built. Now, it's difficult to have a structure like that and, and then have the commercial ambitions uh, in, in the same entity as we saw this weekend and what happened, just to sort of clash in the ideology inside the organization. We're not investors, but just watching from the outside. Uh, but, uh, you know, thinking responsibly about how we bring this technology to market is something we, we all need to pay attention to. Yeah. So how pivotal is this moment? Are we going to look back on this weekend as the moment that commercialization won out? I mean, you've been pretty vocal on the responsible development. You put forth a protocol um, last week with a bunch of other firms and VCs. Are you worried right now? No, look, when you take a step back, uh, I would actually say everybody wants the same thing, which is we want to see AI accelerate uh, progress in humanity. Uh, we want to create an environment where startups have a level playing field in being able to do so. Uh, you know, we're big believers in making sure open source uh, becomes a core part of how AI gets developed. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you think about it, uh, in general, having some governance and standards is better than regulation. The, this debate of sort of commercialization versus uh, caution, uh, to me, it's almost sort of a, a difference in ideology and how to accomplish those goals. There are uh, some folks that believe uh, it's better to be as, uh, away from the government, not engage with them, and sort of continue to build uh, a little bit like we have in the last 15 years of the social media era, frankly. And, and uh, the, uh, the organizations that signed the pledge, where their the belief is, Maybe it's better to collaborate. Maybe it's better to help educate uh, DC and the policymakers on how to mm -hmm. think about uh, these issues. Maybe it's better to help them understand that rather than reg regulating the technology itself, we should regulate at the application layer, how it's adopted in industries like healthcare and education and other areas where it actually touches humans. And so, you know, there's, a, there's this ideological debate on what's the better way to create the same outcomes. Well, I wonder, do you believe that the events of the weekend help the industry move toward that goal? Look, I, uh, I hope so. I mean, I, uh, I, I, I think having, uh, in some ways, first of all, I want to give credit to Satya for stepping in to stabilize the situation. I don't know if this uh, research institute inside of Microsoft is going to sort of be an entity that, you know, uh, scales long-term or just sort of a stop, stop gap and figure out what that happens. But I think overall, sort of, you know, not having a mindset of building these uh, enduring institutions that arrive with is a problem. And I think we saw that here. I think the safe, this debate to me was more about ideology. And if we can be much more self-governing and having a core set of principles with which we operate, then these issues perhaps can be avoided. I think that to me is the main thing where governance uh, in these early days is way better than leaning towards regulation. 
Right. Hemant, finally, last question, though. Um, we're all talking about how, you know, Satya Nadella comes out of this as a winner. Is it too quick to say that? Same question I asked Sam Lesson in the previous segment. Is there a desire in Silicon Valley to know what actually happened, why, Sam, why the board felt that Sam Altman couldn't do this job? Yeah, look, I, I would, I'm very curious to see why the things unfolded. I think the way it got handled from a governance standpoint perhaps was abrupt and not thinking through all the downstream consequences. But, uh, you know, we should take a pause and, and take a step back and understand what really is driving it, what are the core issues. Uh, this is a very profound technology we're building, and I think being deliberate and intentional will serve us all rather than sort of be in such haste, which I just, I just feel like there's a lot of yeah. anxiety to move really, really fast uh, yeah. while we can, uh, you know, do this much more effectively by being a bit more deliberate. Right. And Microsoft's been one of those proponents of moving quickly in this space. Hamant, thanks, as always, for your insights. Talk to you again soon. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well, then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard.